Hey everyone, I plan on calling this series of podcasts, recordings, I plan on calling them Adventures of Anxiety because I've just been feeling anxious lately and um, I think I've always, like whether I want to deal with it or not and better or not, anxiety will always have this will always be a part of my life and what's most important is how I use it and how I deal with it, how I react to it and so I just want to talk about all the times and all the bad things and all the good times and the ways of just the things I've experienced and things that people don't even realize could happen because of anxiety because I think the word is going around quite a bit and it's often the word seems interchangeable with the words like nervous or like shy or maybe even a little stress which it's it's not the same thing i also kind of just want this to be like as raw and as honest as possible so let's get into it i kind of hope this series provides me not just an avenue for my thoughts but a a release of sorts from the secrets and ideas and feelings I keep to myself. And I hope um, it inspires those who also deal with anxiety to, to find a way to live life, to be alive, a full life. And that's going to be a common theme and as ironic as it may seem for someone who might have anxiety is because it might seem you're too much you're having too many feelings I think just being able to feel the perfect amount I hope that helps those people too and anyone else who's curious about what could lead to anxiety and how anxiety works the truth is is that I'm probably not going to know how to start this off properly and instead of ranting about it I'm just going to start from a part that makes sense to me right now and that is I remember one time because I always have to deal with anxiety there was this one time where I was at a party and it was like back in grade 7 literally that feels like so long ago but I had to choose I really had to pick you know that night because like I was in the bathroom, so stressed, hyperventilating, like so worried of how, how fun if I meet friends, all these people who I thought were better than me, yada yada yada, you know, how your voice just runs, even if it's not very coherent or makes sense in the long run. It's like sometimes my body's looking to feel stressed, I'm not sure, but... I came to a decision and I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, I could either waste this whole night and be terrified and worried or I could have the best night of my life. I must say, when I had that idea, I was in a really good space in my life to have that idea. I was doing well in a lot of areas. I was having friends. I I mean, it was new and it was different because I'd recently lost my friends um, 
to other schools. Don't worry, nothing, no death or anything bad. But um, I, I I didn't have the same friend group, and it was also new and everything. It was just um uncomfortably new. And so what I had to decide in that moment was if I was gonna have a good time, but not really. And it seems like the most powerful yet simple choice I've ever made. And I say it's simple because from my outside looking in who doesn't have an idea of what anxiety looks like or how it feels or how the different ways it manifests itself, it might seem like, yeah, of course you want to have fun. Of course you can make that decision. But it's so hard to make that decision when anxiety consistently cripples you. And so at that point in my life I was Good, I was a good enough space to utilize anxiety to help me perform and experience a high level of adrenaline that pushed me to be more competitive and pushed me to do even better. I was in a good enough space in my life where I could use that insane amount of energy and racing thoughts to focus it in an area that just made me excel. And I sound like one of those few gurus that like advertise like hey guys you want to turn your anxiety into excitement let me tell you how you're done but like i and i didn't even i didn't even know it back then i think just how much of an important choice that was and so anyway i made the decision to have the best night of my life and literally i go outside and i literally go to the dance floor and i dance i literally dance however i wanted to i went crazy i literally closed my eyes and danced my like energy out. I danced the entire night basically. I only took breaks when I was really tired. I'd go breaks, talk a little bit, say hi and like hear interesting stories and literally just go back to dancing. And it was literally the best night of my life. Wow. Maybe not the best night. I feel like that is quite dramatic. There's definitely a night that I don't think I'll ever ever forget. I could never forget that night. And a lot of things happened that can easily be interpreted either way. So I closed my eyes one time, and then I opened my eyes while I'm dancing, and then I realized there's a crowd of people surrounding me, legit. Some have their phones out, some are staring at me like in shock or in awe, like the eyes are big, that's the main thing. Um, some have their mouths open, some people are like smiling, some people are laughing, some people just look happy, some people are like us staring at me and I remember at that space I was in such a happy place I felt so euphoric I felt so free that literally when I saw those faces all I could believe is that all these people were just amazed at my dancing skills I was convinced in that moment that everyone was amazed at my dancing skills they'd never seen a dancer like me they just wanted to join in I was convinced in that moment that was the case and there's nothing that anyone could say in that moment that would have made me think otherwise i'm gonna get to the next part what i find so interesting now is my different interpretations of that night because as much as at that moment no one could convince me otherwise of anything and different points of my life my interpretation of that night has changed so much and so frequently and i find that so interesting because literally a month later maybe at school 
some guy, like some popular guy at school convinced me that people will blame me online and that there were people on Facebook and there were people on like WhatsApp group chats sharing the video of me dancing, making fun of me. I genuinely, genuinely believed him because because they, because him and his group of friends would also make fun of me if I did something uncool and would also say something on group chats if I did something uncool so I've created this idea and this stereotype in my mind that popular people were just horrible shitty people honestly that's I genuinely began to believe that and it was literally it's changed so much that idea that idea has haunted me because of stuff that happened in grade seven but it's so weird because when I was going through it I was in such a great place in my life that I was willing to accept their manipulation and abuse but I was also so passive but I worked so hard to keep myself happy that I still excelled but by the end of the year my confidence had definitely broken down in different ways in a way that was unexpected and it was crazy because I remember at the end of grade 7, like, we had to do this all. We got to write our own poems or we got to recite poetry as part of our oral work. And so I wrote my own poem and I don't even remember the exact words. I wish I had kept the written form of it. I wish someone had recorded it or something crazy like that. But basically, the whole poem is about me wishing that I was someone else, feeling like I was drowning, feeling like I was kind of trapped, feeling unheard and isolated, but wishing that my isolation, even if I didn't relate to everyone and I didn't fit my own idea and standard of beauty, I could at very least have meaning in life, and I could have a meaningful life, and I could have a purpose in that. And that's something I could live for. And when I tried to explain the meaning of the poem one time, they got so that the popular girls that I chose to hang out with because at that time felt like I had no friends because as mentioned earlier, my friends had recently moved to a different school. And so I was left like in a completely new scenario with having to find new friends. I literally accepted so much crap from them. It's insane. Because I thought that, because in between the crap, there was, there was like breadcrumbs, little bits of hope that I could become friends with them, that I could be good enough, that they were actually nice, but also honest in quotation marks, like, like, but really, I just, I believe that so much, and so... When I told them about, like, the poem, and, the, like, they got so furious at me, like, who do you think is, because basically the poem had this part where I believed that I was a bird, that there were these things called pegasus, which are, like, unicorns that can fly, and then there were people who were horses, and the horses were majority, but they were all together, they were all accepted, they all had their place, and the pegasus, they could fly, everyone admired them, everyone thought they were amazing, but they still fitted in. They could still gallop with the horses whenever they wanted. And if anything, the horses loved the Pegasus. And I was just a dumb little bird with two short feet and a wide wingspan. 
and very clumsy. Yes, I could fly, maybe that's cool, but I never felt like I fitted in. And I felt like the Pegasus were people who still had friends and still fitted in and were still considered popular, even though they excelled so well. And even though they stood out, they stood out in just enough, well, just in the perfect way, the perfect amount, but I didn't. I tried explaining that to them, but like they got offended. Who's the Pegasus? Who's the unicorn? Who are you talking about? That's so mean. You know, whatever. And maybe that might have, might have, maybe my explanation might have been mean, but honestly, I never meant ill intent. And I don't think there was any other way to explain the poem if they wanted to give it an honest answer. And also, they've said and done things a lot meaner. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess we all have different insecurities and different ideas of what's rude or not. But I think there's a certain line that we all cross, you know. Who knows? Yes, I don't know. And so, how this leads to anxiety. So I could blame them. I could sit here and spend this entire podcast complaining about public kids at school and saying, oh, they're all horrible, they're all crappy, they're the reason I have anxiety. Which would be a big fat lie. As much as they contributed to making me feel insecure, making me feel like the lies in my head are true, as much as they contributed to that, there's... How can I put this in a way that makes sense? They didn't begin my anxiety. They weren't the end-all, be-all of my anxiety. I can't say my anxiety began the moment I came into contact with them. That's not true in my case. I think I've always had anxiety. And I feel, and I can always... I think maybe my next episode, I'll probably try and decons- deconstruct where and why I got the anxiety from. But it's definitely not from popular people. They just kind of added to it or validated some of the beliefs in my head so high school kind of happened and i want to say this about anxiety anxiety i think when you feel so much stress and emotions and overwhelming blue emotions something for me is i notice is that if i could just feel numb that could be the greatest thing in the world. And honestly, it's so much easier to find a way to feel numb than to work on it every day and stay positive, stay happy, stay excited for life. It's just so much easier to become numb and try and empty yourself. I must say it's taken a lot, a lot to get to this point where I can finally feel like I'm becoming happier. But there are days, there are times, there are weeks, there are moments in the month. <laughs> moments in life, really, that it's just you fall off the bag wagon, really. You just, that's what happens. And I think the guilt that comes with that, particularly with my method of numbing myself it can lead to a horrible addictive cycle where 
You feel the emotions, you feel the sadness, you feel the loneliness, you feel the stress, you feel the emptiness. Try and numb yourself from that so you can feel at least okay. And the numbness makes you feel empty. Or if you don't numb yourself well enough, you feel guilty. And leads it to again and again and again. It gets really, really bad and really, really dark sometimes. I'm glad now that I have such a great understanding of myself and how I work with anxiety because now I don't have to experience that low point the way I felt during the year right now, really. Like I don't have to feel that again. If I do, it's generally because I fall off the bag wagon too many times within a certain period so the main thing is to get back up stay up for as long as possible and hope that everything's going to be okay and not just hope but put in the effort into making sure everything's okay and putting in the hard work into making sure that everything's not just okay but everything's great because in my brain if things aren't great then what's the point <laughs> No, maybe it's that little perfectionist in me, but I just, what's the point of loving being alive for me? Maybe this is dark, maybe I should say a trigger warning on this, but what's the point of being alive if it's not going to be great? And if there isn't something great to look forward to and to work for, because at least if I achieve it and I feel nothing after achieving it, at least I did something great. At least that's how I view it right now. You know, something that... At least it gives me something to work for now. At the very least, that's what I need. Something to believe in. Not just God, because I, I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. I am I'm Christian. <laughs> Shock alert. <laughs> I am. You know, it's just the odd days, definitely, when it's... It's like my brain's pumping way too many chem chemicals. And I kind of forget that. I generally forget that Jesus is there, you know. Because the chemicals are just so overwhelming. It's like there's this thing being pressed against my skull. Holding me in place. And I feel paralyzed, not numb. Like I can't move. But I have so much emotion shaking within me. And I can't scream and I can't cry and nothing's coming out. I'm not vomiting, not doing anything. It's just there, shaking me from the, the core and I can't, I can't stop it. I can't breathe in, I can't breathe out. It's just horrible. And it feels very placid, like, like I'm frozen. And I never know who to talk to or who to tell at that moment. Because so far my anxiety has stolen so much from me that it sometimes steals my ability. Actually, not sometimes, quite a lot, quite often these past few years, has stolen my ability to connect with others and to feel safe with connecting to others. Honestly, I don't care if these recordings are disjointed. Like. I mean, as much as I like to be like, ooh, I'm a content creator, like, it's, I'm honestly doing this as a form of therapy, you know, somewhere to, like, 
chat and say something. Say how I feel. Um, so yeah. That's how anxiety can really fuck things up. <laughs> and it just can really take a lot from you. And it's going to be hard to explain what I took through each and every moment. But I think we're getting off track, at least on my side. So I want to talk about how, how on the other side of being numb, there's being excited, like euphoric, joy, insane amounts of energy, insane amounts of adrenaline, like you're going down a roller coaster. Crazy, fun, and exciting. I think roller coasters can make someone feel normal. And that sounds so random, trust me. But trust me, really, it's going to relate to something I'll talk about in this segment. And with the excitement and adrenaline and rush and I can really end up doing really dumb things, insane amounts of things, that to other people might seem, oh, you're so confident. No, really, I'm just trying to escape the prison of my brain, and I just want to feel something, you know. I want to feel not just anything, but I want to feel so happy, I want to feel so excited. That's why I dance at parties, that's why I come up with crazy ideas, that's why I create such large exuberant speeches when I'm doing orals it's part of the reason why I have such crazy plans and ideas and try and rally as, up as many people to join me in creating that idea and making it come alive it's why I become so emotionally invested in my work it's how I become competitive it's how I become excited for life it's how I become good at things it really is is that Part of the reason, a huge part of the reason of me being good at things is my ability to turn my anxiety, not just turn it, but take my anxiety and allow it to fuel me with the energy that's needed to live my life to the fullest. And that can be hard sometimes. That can be really hard to do sometimes. Like I said earlier, one of the things I do to like numb myself back to the negative side of things is that like I know I can probably never drink in my life, never drink alcohol in my life. I can never do weed, I can never smoke, I can never do those things. Not because, oh, I'm a good Christian girl. Yes, I would like to believe I'm like I'm I'm good with God or <laughs> whatever, but um that's really is not what's stopping me from doing these sorts of things. Really what stops me is my consistent reminder, the fact that I have to consistently remind myself that if I taste alcohol once, if I allow myself to take a sip, I've given my body permission to do something that I should never give my body permission to do. Because the moment I get that taste, and the moment I feel numb, the moment I realize that I can allow myself 
to do this thing that can make me feel nothing. It's it's game over. Cause feeling numb is much better as it is, as far better as it is, as it can feel compared to feeling so down and sad and overwhelmed and feeling like lights are flashing and the world's not normal and you're so stressed and everyone's staring at you weirdly. Is that as much as feeling numb can be compared to that? You may feel like the feeling you've been searching for in time, life. Feeling numb makes me feel empty and feeling empty makes me unproductive. And I continually engage in the cycle of trying to feel numb and I never reach a moment of peace. I rather reach a moment of nothingness. So nothing gets done. And so then I start to feel more sad because I feel like I'm a waste of time and I feel like I'm not achieving anything and I feel like nothing great is happening. So what's the point of life if nothing great is happening? And eventually, there's not enough things in the world that can make me feel numb to ignore that. So I continually fool myself into thinking, no, like I can just try this, I can do that. And I just end up depressed. And I stay there for a long time. And then I end up suicidal. And that's when the dark shit happens. Like the dark stuff. But I would like to say beforehand that I didn't cut myself. I didn't do anything like that. You know, so I guess you don't have to worry from that point of view. Which is, sounds such a silly thing. Maybe I'm bristling my own feelings there. But... Like, I'm more, I'm more likely to spontaneously kill myself. Like, I don't think I could sit down and plan anything. You know what I mean? I think I'm going to be too scared to do that. I might consistently think about doing it, but I would never sit down and plan it. You know, I'll, I'll talk myself out eventually if I had to plan it, you know? So, um, I think that's a big concern, is that I could one day just randomly decide to end my life and it's not going to be random it's going to be built up it's going to be random spontaneous because there are going to be lots of people who don't see it coming but it's just going to be random because I actually didn't think it through because if I thought it through then I would have stopped myself from doing it because I'm actually really don't want to die and I'm kind of scared of dying and I'm kind of scared of dying and not going to heaven you know and I guess that's a religious thing but like yeah, <laughs> like, what's the point of death if I'm not going to go to heaven? You know what I mean? That's what keeps me okay with life and okay with existing. Because, at the very least, at the end of it all, if I do die, I'm, I'm supposed to go to heaven. You know, that's the idea. And you can disagree with me on that. But, I definitely need comfort. That my existence will not only be meaningful... But the end of my existence will result in something more beautiful and greater. You know, I I would live a far more anxious life if I did not believe that. You know, so believe what you want. You know, I'm all for freedom of speech and I'm all for freedom of thought. And I'm honestly a huge supporter of that. I'm very much against, like, everyone thinking the same way. But, wow, just... Being, having the ability to be a Christian, I must say, 
has helped me so much with my anxiety. And I will get into that. I'll get into how I think Christianity is related to the law of attraction. I'll get into how I think a lot of the Bible verses are actually can be very easily applicable to anyone and easily used. And how I think it's just so useful for every human being. Like regardless of where you're from, you know what I mean? And then I'll get into what I think about like Jesus actually and like why I vibe with him. But yeah, I just think it's so important. One of the ways that I do try to make myself feel now. So if it's not drugs, if it's not alcohol, if I'm not cutting myself, what am I doing? You know? I'm doing porn. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a sex worker, so don't stress. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely using it and like i know other people are like what <laughs> it's a big reveal and like i know like a lot of people like use porn whether they admit to or not but like my usage is so bad it's really bad like it was taking over my life it was controlling me i know that i did it to film it like i like it was bad reasons the type of porn was quite hectic did I say very disgusting? Like when you're not, not in that world and you're not like glued onto a screen and you're obsessed and it's not creating all these things. It's when you're like just normal and like clean from that, I guess you could say. Just not using it, and you start to realize just how weird it is. But even then, like even like I feel like people. I'm gonna explain this. People look at BDSM. And think yo, that's hectic, hey. That's not hectic. <laughs> like to me, that really isn't. That's like the least disturbing forms of porn to me. So, and I hope that provides like a good gauge <laughs> as to where my head is at. No. Um. I think also part part of the problem is that using porn won't be realized that. Like, I'm attracted to girls. And that really scared me. Like, a lot. Like, a lot. Like, like I used to be very homophobic and really sexually hated. Really hated. Therefore, they were acting that way. Therefore, like, being weird and whatever. But, like, when I realized that, I was like, one of these people, like, holy, one of these people, it's weird. But, and realized that I was like bisexual, it really like added to my anxiety. It made things so much worse. But in a way, I'm glad I learned about it now, so I don't have to deal with this crap when I'm like in my twenties. I honestly don't feel comfortable talking about just how bad it was, like describing it in detail at this point, because I actually just. <laughs> watch porn literally this is literally why i'm doing this podcast because like after like maybe three weeks actually three weeks two years it was like 22 days because i now track my porn usage um literally three weeks of not using it like i used it today because it was just such a bad day from a mental point of view it was a horrible horrible day and it was really there was a build-up of emotion during the weekend to this day and so that's literally why I'm making this podcast because I had such a bad day and then I used porn today <laughs> and I felt really guilty. So 
like blasted worship music to make myself feel less guilty you know beg for forgiveness but i think i do need to become better at tracking my feelings but not just tracking my feelings expressing my feelings because i couldn't help but think gee whiz if i just spoke to someone like i could have avoided this today because i was doing so well you know <laughs> but um that's the thing is that like when you're with anxiety you convince yourself that like no one would understand and you know what in my case it might be 100 percent true it could legit be 100 percent true but it doesn't matter if it's 100 percent true that's the thing there is someone out there that's willing to try and understand that provides any any hope or any form of comfort or solace or anything like that I'm not even sure if I'm using the word silence correctly because my head silence is like comfort, but anyways. <laughs> um I just really do hope it helps to know that there are people who are willing to at least try. And that even if you have to stop everything and you have to be random, you should need to you have to speak to someone, you know? You have to say something. And literally, sometimes it's hard to pick who's the least scariest to talk to about these things. So if you, even if you have to do like a like a podcast like me, or whatever, or like talk to someone at school, or go to the student counselor if you can't, or like literally, literally, like I ended up talking to people because of my panic attacks. <laughs> like and the thing is with panic attacks, I said I, it's really you can't control. I don't think you can control the actual panic attack. What you can fix is the build-up to it. Because there's always a build-up. If you can source out your preparation in the build-up, it's really hard to source it out in the build-up. But it's definitely possible. It's 100% possible. And it's honestly easier than trying to like st- like not stop having a panic attack in the middle of a panic attack. The thing with a panic attack is that you kind of have to let it run its course and hope the best that like it's not a complete mess and you're not throwing things around you know not screaming <laughs> like I've, I've screamed uh, quite a few times in my <sighs> okay i don't think you can avoid it, it depends on how you have a panic, panic attack but like i don't think you can like how if you have it you're just gonna have to let it pass but but learning how to like fix that build up literally changes the game you know and i think one of my coping ways to avoid stress and to avoid the panic attacks was to use porn. But the thing is, is that I was using it and I would do it. I remember like grade nine was the worst year because I was using it so much. I was using it every day for hours and on end. I wouldn't do work. I, would som- I somehow passed grade nine without doing work. Basically, I didn't do homework. I didn't do work. I procrastinated everything. And what was, where was my time going to? Literally, porn was, like, literally. I, I mounted, like, yeah. Great night, it's not a fun time. <laughs> but, yeah. And so, literally, if I could, I sometimes wish that I could change my behavior back then. But I think it's always a time trying to regret. I think, though, I used porn to avoid the stress. But then my porn use would lead to the panic attacks because I'd feel numb but like feeling numb never sorts the feelings out 
just feel numb. <laughs> you know, it's still there. You're just no longer feeling the brunt of it. And so, like, I, especially when I started to realize that I might be, like, into girls because I'm the female myself, like, gosh, like, I was, like, so worried I was gay. Like, <laughs> I was really worried I would cause, like, massive panic attacks and, like, massive problems, especially when I don't grade 10 camp. Yo, that was bad. A lot of things because, like, my two worst fears were happening at once. Like, being confronted with the fact that I'm attracted to, like, the girls I'm in the same cabin with. But also being confronted with the fact that I feel so lonely and being confronted with my sadness and my anger and anxiety, but having like literally nothing to calm myself down. Like if I wasn't using porn, what was I gonna do? You know what I mean? Usually I had something and I tried reading it away and tried absorbing myself into this story of a book, but literally it was not working. It was not helping. I was just trying to avoid the inevitable. And I ended up having a massive panic attack and people thought I was crazy. And like, yeah, that's what happened. But if literally, if, if I, there are times in my life that I've had massive anxiety, but I've, like, I've allowed it to not lead into a panic attack. I've allowed my anxiety to fuel me to have the most amazing moments and the most life-changing moments in my life. Literally, that's if I could just explain, like, not just the dancing, like, like, I remember, like, the beginning of this year, it's COVID times, by the way, right now, COVID-19, haha, <laughs> remember that, um, it's 2020, it's August, 24th of August, and, like, uh, in the beginning of the year, in January, like, it was this girl's birthday, and I literally, like, that night was so euphoric, it was so amazing, like, I felt anxiety, don't get me wrong, I would have to go to the bathroom, but I was just so nasty that night. And I literally just danced the night away, and it was amazing. Like, I felt so free, like, lights, sparkling lights, I felt so connected to everything. You know, I felt so loved. It was amazing. So, I'm going to get into why I used porn today. And that might seem like a huge jump because like why would I randomly just jump to why you spawned today and that's because it was connected to that party in January it literally is um how do I say this I used spawned today because literally over the weekend it sounds so stupid but I have I've recently discovered this by myself by doing research and like online tests so I guess maybe it's not a foolproof thing but <laughs> but based on my research um i think i'm an avoidant fearful connector i'm not sure that's the correct word but basically i i'm an avoidant and fearful in relationships like i'm all for distance in relationships and it's basically talks about like your childhood and like your reaction to relationships basically I want to be connected to people. I love the idea of being connected to people. If anything, I hate the idea of being hated by people, being alienated. I hate that idea. So I'm like a massive extrovert, extrovert from that point of view. But as much as like I love being connected to people, I'm also very afraid of getting too close to people. Like very afraid to the point where I'll become quiet in someone's face and I'll be excited and I'll be having so much fun. And then I will draw like massively and it causes 
such stress and emotions because I can never have consistent or good relationships because I'm not a consistent person in a relationship. And I never allow myself to get too close or feel too many emotions because that too many emotions makes me feel anxious. And then I feel like I have to withdraw from this person. And then when I feel withdrawn and alienated, I feel even more stressed and lonely. And that leads to great anxiety. And then I want to either numb myself or I find a good way to like overcome it and I find a good way to connect and I fight through the anxiety and I end up creating a really good memory from it. You may have guessed by now, but today, like, I obviously chose to then try and numb myself. And it literally, it feels like the dumbest reason, because I have this friend. Now, by the way, I'm in high school, so <laughs> I'm not that old, but, like, I don't want to say my grade exactly, but I don't know more than grade 9, you know. It's towards the end, that's all you need to know. Um... And so there's this guy I'm, I'm not friends with. Like, that's the thing. I feel anxious saying I'm friends with him because I question if I'm friends with him because I consistently remove myself as much as possible so I don't get too close to him. But we do chat, but then we don't chat. So it's a very inconsistent friendship. But he has invited me to his um, parties. He's invited me to his birthday celebrations. I've invited him to birthday celebrations. We do chat, and if I have panic attacks... Usually, I'm the only person who, like, I'm okay with allowing him to see because he's already seen the other ones. So we might as well join in for this one. Like, might as well, <laughs> might as well help with, with the next. So, like, like out of all of the guys, I probably do open up to him the most. And also during parties, literally, like I dance with him, and that's what relates to January. So in January, that party, I I danced with him, and literally. It felt like I was in such a euphoric mood. I felt so amazing. Like, I felt so happy and tingly and excited for life. And I just felt loved. And I felt in love. But not in love with him. I think I just felt in love with that moment. But, like, it was just weird. And I, I don't, I just, it's going to sound like a question. And I don't know how to explain this. But I'm way too anxious to have butterflies. <laughs> like, that would be, like, for me to, like, I don't have butterflies when I see him. That's the thing. So that's good. I can have a conversation with him. So I'm very happy I don't have butterflies from that point of view. But, like, like, if, like, how can I say this? There's moments where we connect and it's just, wow. It's amazing. It's like, it's like the world's full of color. And so, anyways, Friday, um, we can we ended up talking, we connected, you know, and it was just such a great Friday, you know what I mean? And he like complimented me, and like in that moment, I was like, he's usually very nice to everyone, so like, I, like I didn't think too much of it, but I spent the whole weekend literally frantically thinking about it, and that actually was my biggest mistake, was obsessing about it. And so, in, in order to avoid obsessing about it, I decided to rewatch Euphoria. Like, well, not, yeah, in a way, rewatch Euphoria scenes, but like, watch the parts that I normally didn't watch. <laughs> if you don't know, Euphoria is the HBO series starring Zendaya. It's pretty hectic, and there's quite a lot of male nudity. That's the thing. So that wasn't a good idea, and I convinced myself it was chill because usually when I watch porn, it's, it's lesbians and there's more in the character. 
So, like, I can just do as well as sure, it's fantastic, it's cool, whatever. And so I'm just watching this full storyline, I'm so dumb sometimes. Anyways. And so I allowed myself to do this. <laughs> and then I ended up stressed, and then literally on Sunday, like, I was, I felt so fat. I don't even know why I felt fat. I felt so out of control, I felt so fat, so I tried to, like, literally starve myself on Sunday. And like trying to control myself and control my feelings because I couldn't control my feelings right now and I was worried I was developing an attraction to him and I was really worried I was developing an attraction to his guy friend so um on Sunday like I just ended up like trying to starve myself but it was so unsuccessful that I ended up binging so much chocolate and sweets on that day and that's literally all I had that was such a waste of time. And then I felt so ugly and disgusting afterwards. I was convinced I was going to exercise later. But I didn't exercise later. And I was sleeping so late. And I didn't want to go to school today. But I ended up going to school today. Because I needed to like stick to my goals of trying to pass school. Not just pass, but do well in school. And so like today during break. Like like I was, I was able to like I was able to cope in the morning. Honestly. Like, I was always said hi whatever. But then break happened. And I literally felt so much anxiety. I didn't feel like, oh, I wonder if he likes me. I wonder if he's going to talk to me. Nothing, not anxiety like that. I just felt anxiety like I felt paralyzed. Like that paralyzed feeling I explained earlier. And like I was just staring blankly. And like he was talking. Other people were talking. And I don't remember him. But I was just like, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel happy here. I feel so alone. I feel so isolated. I feel like I can't be friends with anyone. And it was just rambling. Even during the weekend, I was trying. I convinced myself I had to make new friends. I followed all these people on Instagram. I'm popping. Mine I never talked to, honestly, at this rate. Because I was convinced, oh, no, I'm going to DM them. And so, like, during break, I was just felt so alone. Second break, literally spent in the bathroom. You know, trying to mis- numb myself through entertaining myself. But, like, I entertained myself because it's at school. I was, like, reading books. I was trying to, like reading mysteries and stuff and that wasn't enough that literally was not enough so I got to home now not now like maybe an hour ago two hours ago and then I decided to use porn and literally it was to avoid feeling so much emotion literally because I'm so afraid of connecting to people which relates to that avoidant fearful relationship style and so afraid of feeling connected to people, literally so afraid of it, that like I literally try. It causes me so much emotion and anxiety from the idea of connecting to people. So I literally try to numb myself. And then it's so it's so stupid. <laughs> it's literally so dumb. And I remember, I remember in January. As much as I was, like, after the party, because, like, literally school was the next day, or maybe, like, the next two days, I don't know. Like, but, like, I didn't numb myself, and I didn't feel like numbing myself. I felt good, I felt happy, and I just focused on the upcoming goal, the upcoming school day. You know what I mean? Whatever. And I actually wish I could remember what I did differently. That, like, made that day work out so well, make the following weeks work out so well. But I honestly don't know what I did. I think I was just at that point in my life as well. I know what I did. I'd spent December trying to make myself as good as possible or as happy as possible for the year. Because I have goals for that year. I have goals for this year. It's actually this year. I don't know why I'm saying that year. It feels like such a lifetime ago. I had goals for this year. 
And so, like, I was just so motivated to stick to those goals. And one of my goals was to be more confident. Oh, my gosh. And that was literally my goal this year. And I was like, so when that happened, I was like, no, it's okay. I was able to work through it because I'd already been working on myself. So I think the difference now is that, like, it was a lot of emotion, but I hadn't prepared myself mentally enough to deal with that ability to connect to others and ability to feel okay connecting to others you know it feels weird it feels very scary at times i think one thing to take away from this definitely is um i'm gonna expand more on this definitely and this was honestly very shocking because i think i filmed this in an hour and i'm so impressed with myself but basically to take away from this is that and with the adventures with anxiety, it's like how you react with anxiety and how your life experiences and stuff can lead to anxiety and what causes it, how the different ways it looks, because there's more different ways than it looks. I explained one way, I think, today, how, how anxiety feels and looks, maybe two ways, and how I dealt with it separately. And I plan on explaining even more ways it manifests itself. I plan on explaining even more things that I've discovered myself in my journey to. At first, it was a journey to stop and get rid of anxiety. Now, I've realized it's a journey to control myself and utilize whatever feelings I do have to better myself instead of trying to get rid of or hide them. You know, like display anger, but in a healthier way, display sadness, but in a way that actually works for you and does its job, you know, which isn't to make you feel down in the dumps, but help you realize maybe some of the problems in your life that you could solve, you know, and utilize anxiety in the same way to just give me that extra burst of energy and inspiration that I need in times that can literally, like, lead to such life-changing moments so on that note that's the end of the segment thank you so much for listening i really appreciate plan making more recordings like this um just in this series called adventures with anxiety explaining how i feel how i'm going what's happening in my life yada 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 I'm just so happy and privileged to have been able to do this. So, bye everyone for now. And I hope you take something positive from this. Bye.